This is our second week into this sermon series called The Unsettling Solution to About Everything. And, you know, as we've progressed, you know, this is Christmas and the season that everybody kind of looks forward to. And they know that there's going to be things that are changing in their life, their family. Uh, you know, there's it's a busy time of the year. Uh, matter of fact, I have an announcement. If you did not know, we are very proud we're going to enter uh, or we're going to welcome into the family uh, Sabelle. Uh, her and Lou got engaged. They're, they're in the back. They're in the back hiding. And uh, Luke is one of our youth pastors, my son. And uh, last night, uh, let me tell you, just walking through that with him brought back memories of Gwen and I getting engaged and all that. And uh, let, let me see your hand if you are married and you're here today. Do, do you remember Do you remember looking back on, on the time leading up to popping the question, gentlemen? And, and ladies, hopefully you said yes. And, and we went on and, and, and just looking back on that time and then where I am now, as the comedian Tim Hawkins have said, change your comment. <laughs> and it's amazing as we're in this sermon series and we're talking about the unsettling solution for just about everything and dealing with people we know as we progress, and we said it last week, if we if we spend time with people, there's a hundred percent chance of conflict in the way that we see things. Gentlemen, you might have married uh, the the lovely lady that is sitting beside you, and you thought that everybody saw it this way until you got married, and she said, well, <laughs> "Slow down, fireball. You know we're, we don't do it like that." And all of a sudden there was a, a conflict. And, and the way that you saw that, you, you realized happy wife, happy life, you know. And, and you began, let me tell you, that's funny, but all the guys are scared to laugh this morning. So be free. Be free. And uh, during Christmas, you see all these things that are coming and dealing with people. And this is an important passage in the scripture that we're going to read today, several passages. But. You know, when it comes to the word that, that we've talked about is grace. And, and you no, know, grace is better than fair. We went through that last week and we're going to just kind of quickly get you up to date if you were not able to be here. But I, I kind of might be a little bit naive in thinking that I don't know why everybody would want Christianity to be true. And I, I get it that some people don't really say, you know, I don't believe it, but as far as the fact of just everybody wanting to believe, it is just an amazing thing of knowing that the grace of God is for us. Uh, when, when I began to talk last week and speak and preach, and again, every time that you hear this, it's just so good. But there's some people that, you know, maybe have never came to that point that in the equation of their life, they have never really accepted grace in their life. It's, it's a word and it's, it's something that really you can't experience without being in a relationship with somebody. It's a, it's a word, grace, that really is disturbing when you have to offer it to somebody that's in need, that's hurt you. But it's refreshing when you receive it from somebody and, and the mistake that you made 
it's like it never happened. And there's, there's something that we can all agree is when we receive it, it's awesome. But not so awesome when we have to give it to somebody else. You know, last week we, we talked about without a relationship, you cannot receive it. And that's why it was so important for God to show up on earth. And because of the presence of God, because He chose to come and walk around with us as mankind, that we experience grace for our life. We talked about how John, as he got older in life, he, he began to pin the things that happened. And in his gospel, John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And, and as he begins to recall, and he puts those words down, he's saying that here's Jesus, and He was in the beginning with God. And so you go down to verse 14 of the gospel, and it goes like this. He says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only son who came from the father. And then those words that we talked about, full of grace and full of truth. We talked about he was full of grace and he was full of truth all of the time. See, I I don't know what kind of background you grew up in, but a lot of times you're either more grace than you are truth. Or maybe you're more truth than you are grace. Maybe it's the church that you grew up in that was more truth and you were out of balance. We're not talking about Jesus came and he was, you know, 50% grace and 50 No, he was all grace, all truth. And we're we're reading it and we're we know that the Holy Spirit inspired John as he wrote it down. But here's John, and he said, We were there. I, I'm not just going on hearsay. But as I walked and talked and watched the miracles that Jesus gave, I was there and I experienced in a relationship with God the grace continually that He walked in full of grace and full of truth all of the time. Now this morning, here's where I want to start because last week we talked about as you process that, there's kind of a pushback on wasn't God wasn't Jesus concerned about consequences or justice. And, and I want you to turn to a story in Luke chapter 19. And this is a, a story that a lot of times, you know, when you're reading the Word of God, you wish you had vivid details of all the things that happened. And, and sometimes we kind of get in the idea of just looking through a knothole in a fence. You can only see so much. But, but this kind of gives us a, a story that gives us a little bit more color, more details of what's going on. And it's a story that illuminates our life in the subject of grace. This is a story that starts out by giving us kind of the the agenda of Jesus for the day. And it says in Luke chapter 19, verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Now, listen to this. He was going from A to B and where he was was not his destiny. He was just passing through. didn't have plans to stay. He's just passing through. I want you to get that because it's important. Because a lot of times we, we can experience or we can give grace when it's on purpose. But when something kind of gets, you know, spontaneous or something comes up and you go, whoa, 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 I didn't plan to be full of grace and truth today. He's passing through. In verse 2 it says, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Again, kind of giving us a little bit more color, a little bit more detail. 
He's a chief tax collector, which means that he probably has gone to Rome and he bid for the job. What they would do is they would go into the, the Roman authority and if they would get the job, probably by bribes and different things like that, they would be given the authority to co collect taxes from their own people. Rome was pretty generous and said, you can just charge any surcharge you want as long as we get our tax money. So you can see that the chief tax collector was in a pretty pole position that he could come on the scene and he could farm out his staff. He could do farming to different places around the community that would collect taxes. And they say that they had taxes for everything uh, down to their shoestrings. I mean, so these guys were not looked at very favorably. And you've heard this before if you've been in church for very long. A tax collector was the epitome of dirt. He was a dirt bag. Knucklehead. Has anybody ever got kind of a, 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 a well, here we are at church, a blessing, huh? And you got all this out of the unusual, out of the, out of the usual money given to you. You might have had somebody give you a gift or something. You had a good year. But can you imagine, we have pretty much a, a, a system of taxing. But what if there was no system and the tax collector went, wow, look at there. He would come over to you and charge pretty much what he wanted to charge. So you would you would know somebody that was unlawfully charged an amount that wasn't good and, and you could get an opinion against him. This is the guy Zacchaeus. Now look at this in verse 3. It says that this short guy, well, we'll talk about that later, he says he wanted to see who Jesus was. He's curious. He wants to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, which is nothing wrong with being short. I'll let you know that. Let's get that straight. Sorry, I was gone. Now I'm back. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Now again, he's curious. He he doesn't necessarily want to meet. He just kind of heard all these stories. He's going to check out this kind of like a celebrity. He wants to see who Jesus was. Again, remember, Jesus is just passing through. Parade of people around him. He can't see. The crowd is big. It says in verse 4, So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore, a fig tree, to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. Now, now again, how awkward is it for a grown man to climb a tree? If you've ever been a hunter and you didn't have a deer stand and you had to climb a tree, you know how awkward it is. But let's put together the uncomfortable thought of what they wore back then. Climbing a tree. Grown man with a robe on. Let's just leave it there. Can anybody say awkward? Anyway. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, can you imagine Zacchaeus up in the tree? And he, oh, no, he's jumping. He looks up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Now, a little conjecture here. Here's this parade of people that's following Jesus. And he comes to the place. Busted. You know, here he is. He's up in the tree. And he says, come down immediately. I wonder, now this is just John Miller, but I wonder how many people that was in the parade went, I love Jesus. He's going to call him out. He's a poser. He's not one of us. If 
finally somebody that has some spiritual authority is going to call this joker out and really nail him for who he is. He's a crook. He's a sinner. Now, Now watch this. To everybody's shock and amazement, Jesus says the words, I must stay at your house today. Now, just think about Peter and, you know, the foot in the mouth itis that he had. You know, he, he kind of couldn't you see Peter going, I thought we were just passing through. We don't have time to stop. Nobody told me about planning for a day of grace. Come on. It says in verse seven. All the people saw this and began to mutter. Maybe we ought to bring that word back. Mutter. No, I'm just kidding. They begin to mutter. He has gone to the guest to be a guest of a sinner. Now, now watch. This is a new paradigm, a new way of looking at the kingdom of God. And, and there's there's something that's going to go on, not only in the people's life, but in their emotions. There's people that are there. This isn't how it works. You're going to a sinner's house. The people in the parade are probably saying, we got here early. We got the signs. Go, Jesus, go, Jesus, go, Jesus, go. We got the printed t-shirts. We got more spirit. Yes, we do. We got more spirit. And the people on the other side of the road, how about you? Look at it. Here's that kid. He got here late. He climbed a tree. And you're going to his house? It's so upsetting, isn't it? When things like this happen. They didn't understand how the kingdom of God worked. And they're going to get a whole new view of what their belief system up to this point was. Now, now let me just again remind you that a lot of times out of our belief system will come our choices. And, and usually it's because of our experiences that have is what's built our belief system. We tried that and it didn't work. We didn't try it. We don't care. Now, I'm going to be easy, but sometimes, not anybody here, but sometimes our experiences will go against what the Word of God says is true and we'll come up with a dilemma if we're going to trust our experiences or we're going to trust the Word of God. This is what's happening in their life. They're going, whoa, 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 whoa. I've been around. I got here early. I, I've, I've been ready for And you're going to go to his house? And all of a sudden, then Jesus gets into what he is known for and an amazing teacher, and he begins to teach a parable. Now, now watch this, because every time that he, he taught about parables, he would sometimes exaggerate to make the point in being a master storyteller. There was always a you character in the story and there was always a God character in the story. And the listener would continually think, okay, okay, where am I? Where, 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 where am I? Because everybody knows it's about the guy with the thumbs, right? Some of you are going to be laying in bed tonight and you go, thumbs. Oh, okay, okay. Look at Matthew chapter 20, verse 1. We're going to run through this. Because he tells this parable, and, and, and it goes like this. 
For the kingdom of heaven is like this. A landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. Now, now this is the landowner. He has the authority to go out and hire whoever he wants to do the work. Now, now I want you to catch something here. The concern of the property owner was getting the work done. Everybody with me on that? They were there to get the work done. They were not there and concerned about who did the work as long as the work was done. I want to get this straight. So he goes out, the landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. In verse 2 it says, He agreed to pay them a denarius per day and sent them into the vineyard. Now, you might have heard this story or not, but I want you to stay with me because we're going we're gonna to do some things on the subject of grace that you might not have heard before. In verse 2, it says he agreed to pay him a denarius a day and sent them to work. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. These are day laborers. It says, he told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. Now, this, there's something unsettling about this parable. It's how you build an upside down kingdom concerning the people that are listening to this. They're like, what? He continues, he told them, you go and work in the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. Verse 5, it says he went again at noon and then about 3. So he keeps going back to this place where the day laborers are standing. About 3 in the afternoon and did the same thing. And then about 5 in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. And he asked them, why haven't you, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? And then the obvious answer, it says, because no one has hired us. Now again, it's five o'clock. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. Now, now think about this. If they're going at five o'clock, they probably won't even get a full hour. But he's sending them anyway to work in the vineyard because he wants the work done. It says, when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last one hired and going on to the first. Now, picture this. He's calling them in. Quitting time. They come in, stand in line, and it says, now watch this. Here's the twist. Here's what the value system of God is like. It's so unsettling to some of us. But it's so hopeful for other people. Watch. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. Now, now watch this. You might be here and you might be a person like in Zacchaeus' story where you were first in line, you were in the parade, you were ready you might be like these that are coming and it's so unsettling for the people like John Miller that got here first. Followed the rules. 
Can I tell you, I was called Father John in football when I was in high school. I was here first. I did the things right. I went to youth group. I went to Bible school. I've gone to church pretty much every time the doors are open. But it says that the guys that just work maybe less than an hour goes in and gets, watch this, they each received a denarius. Now, now, what we're thinking, if you don't know the rest of the story, probably the rest of the vineyard workers that have been there, you know, since morning or nine or noon or three, they're going, woo woo Give them a denarii! We made a mistake. We're not going to get a denarii a day. We're going to get a denarii an hour. That guy is amazing. Because the people that were there just an hour, maybe even less than an hour, were getting what they thought they were going to get originally for a full day's work. But that can't be. Now watch this as it goes. The, the excitement, the uh, energy in the place of being thinking that they're going to get more all of a sudden begins to wane. Because in verse 10 it says, when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Again, like last week, remember the people outside of Matthew or you know Simon's house when the Pharisees go by and go, hey, 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 you better go tell your master that he, he, he shouldn't be having a party with sinners. As we talked last week, Jesus wasn't afraid to call a sinner a sinner, but he wasn't afraid to go to their house for dinner. And all of a sudden, they begin to understand. They begin to see what was happening. Huh. The ones that have been there one hour is going to get a full denarii, a full day's wage, but the people that worked all day is going to get the same amount. That that's not they're not they're not equal to us. They're not equal to us. Well, they're not. Well, we'll just put it there. But they're, they're not right. It says. Verse 13, but he answered one of them. I'm not being unfair to you, friend. I'm sure they were like, what are you talking about fair? Yes, you are unfair. He says in verse 13, didn't you agree to work for a denarii? Take your pay and go. Then Jesus is going to give a big clue of the life that he's inviting the people that are listening into. He says this. In verse 14. I want. And I'm sure he says, oh, oh, this is what you want. Verse 14. To give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. It, it's a gift, right? And I'm wondering if the people that were working all day went, wait just a minute. We earned it, right? 
We, we earned it. Well, we're, after you gave us a job. The, the landowner says this, and I, I think that Jesus is giving them, the people that are listening to this parable, an aha moment. When he says this, don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? And all of a sudden, the light comes on, illumination begins to hit. But most of the light that's in the place is illuminating on the unsettling solution of grace. And the people that are listening are going, ooh. He does have a right to do what he wants with his own money, but he needs to be fair. Really, if you summarize it, the landowner is saying, are you resentful because I'm generous? In the morning season of our church or the morning uh, hour of Christian education when we talked about generosity and, and who we are as Christians, this is what we're modeling. Jesus. It, it, but it's so unsettling, isn't it? Come on now. Jesus is asking, can you handle that? And all the prodigal sons go, I can't. All the prodigal daughters, I, I, I can't. Prodigal husbands that have blown up their lives and their families, done things they shouldn't have done, they go, oh, oh man, I, I can accept that. Prodigal wives gone off on their own and done things they regret and come back and they go, and I, I, can, I can accept that grace. But this morning, I want to ask you. Maybe you're one of the ones that got there to the parade early. Or maybe you're the ones that started work early in the morning at the vineyard. And you're going, oh, 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 oh. I, I, don't, I don't feel easy. I, I don't feel good about what you're saying about grace. And to some people, what Jesus said in Matthew 20, verse 16, it will feel and appear that the last will be first and the first will be last. It'll be unfair to a lot of people how they measure fairness. And here's why I believe it will be is because we compare to determine fairness when grace doesn't compare. Did you hear that? There's something about us that, you know, maybe you've grown up in a family and if, if, if your sister got so much, then you got so much. Or a job where if somebody got paid in America so much, then you got to get paid that much. But we're talking about grace. Which a lot of times turns us on our ear and we go, wait, wait, just a minute. When I, when I compare myself to someone else, that, that's not fair. But this morning, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross for us, just like life, grace isn't fair. To, to enter into the kingdom of God, we do not make the rules. We do not set the framework and go, this is the way, Jesus, you're going to work. But everyone is invited. L listen to this. The no-betters, 
the did betters, the didn't know betters, those who knew better but didn't do it, are still invited to the kingdom of God. People with past baggage, regrets, are invited. And everyone enters through the same door at the same way that God says, this is where I have it. This is the grace that I offer to you. And so many times that in this whole series of sermons that we're talking about grace, the, the more that we get together, and, and, and let me tell you, th this is a fun church. Aren't, aren't you glad that we just go, we don't have fun, but we're doing it spiritually. I don't want to go just to... We have fun because we're, we're, we're family. And we're a community. And we know each other and we get to know each other better. There, there's people that you know better than I know better. And, and hopefully it's just not the proximity of where you sit. But at the same time that I, I've been, you know, just Joe and Coy in my life is, you know, family. I feel like Lisa's my mother at times. She's younger than me, but I'm kidding her. Our worship leader, if you don't know Lisa. <laughs> she says much older. I mean much younger. But, but why? Because we do, we do life together. We, we, we go to a baby dedication and bada bing, bada boom, a graduation. Because of the, the, how fast life goes. And it's so much easier to offer, not, not easy, but it's easier to offer grace to people that we know. But it's sometimes not easy. But the more that we're around people that we don't know, that we don't feel like look like us or sound like us or weren't early to the parade or don't have their signs or whatever it is, it's sometimes easy to go. I don't know if God's grace is for them or not. Now let, let me start landing the plane or concluding this message by saying this. I, I've been a believer for almost all my life and I don't know if I've ever heard the message of grace preached more in the church today than ever before. And maybe you've experienced that yourself. And I began to question that, saying, I wonder why that is, that, that there's more and more a message of grace. And what I really believe, in, and I believe that the closer it comes to the end of time, I, I believe that the grace of God will welcome in more people than ever before in history. And I'm not just talking about in foreign countries, because definitely in foreign countries, but I'm talking about America. People that have kind of been like maybe Simon, like we talked about last week, my, Matthew Simon, you know, the guy that's the, the tax collector in that story, this week Zacchaeus and his friends. And they're going to be in a in a thought pattern of, well, I've messed up. And the moment that they begin to understand grace just a little bit, just a little, little bit, 
and they go, could it be true? Could, could it be? Because as I said, it, it's, a, it's a point where everybody, it seems like to me, would want it to be true. We're talking about people that really don't believe it to be true. But the day that it comes where they go, you know what? Could it be true? Could it be true for me? That's when the church, especially our church, I want it to be ready to get to the place where we go, it is true. The grace of God is for you. And when they say, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I've done in my life. Can, can I tell you right now? Can I tell you right now? I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. The grace of God is for you. The grace of God is for the person that you work with. Maybe that takes you off. Maybe it's the family member that's got on your last nerve. That is not a believer. That says, you know what? Is it for me? Could it be for me too? And you know you, you're the church. And that's when you have the authority with the Word of God on your lips to come forth and go, it's for you. I used to tell a story just to kind of explain eternity. And it's kind of a corny story, but it, 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 it's a wow factor story. And it's a story about if a fly could fly down and get one grain of sand on the beach and fly all the way to the moon, if this was possible, and leave that sand grain on the moon and fly all the way back down and get one more, do that until the whole earth was transported to the moon. Eternity would just be beginning. Don't allow the, the framework of religion or legalism or whatever it is to keep you from experiencing grace in your life and being able to share it with somebody else. This morning, would you just bow your heads with me? This morning, right where you're at, I don't know what you did last night. I don't know what you did last month. Last, I, I don't know. But here's what I do know. It doesn't matter that you can ask God for forgiveness today. You can say, God, forgive me of my sins and Jesus says that He will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Today could be a beginning day for you. What, what a beautiful time of the year of Christmas of knowing that God desired a relationship with you so much that He came to earth so that we could experience the presence of God and therefore Accept His grace into our life. This morning, if you're here and you've never received Jesus Christ into your life, try not to make it something so difficult, so many hoops that you got to jump through that it seems impossible, that you just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, 
and you'll be saved. This morning, I typically don't do this, but I've written a prayer. And I just want to ask you, would you repeat these words after me? Heavenly Father, I fall short every day. I need what I don't deserve. To be forgiven of my sin and restored to you. I believe Jesus' death on my behalf accomplished both. I place my faith in Him as my Savior and Lord. Father, today, I agree with my brothers and sisters that are here in this family. God, I know that you have family all over the world. And God, they're believing and praying and and worshiping you. But Father, today, I just ask that Father, that the words that we prayed, God, would come alive in our life. That, Father, that the past would be cut loose, that we would forget the past, that we would not allow the past to dictate our future. That, God, that we're forgiven. And, Father, that we have a new day. And, Father, that we have the ability to give good news to those people that are around us. That, God, that they can be forgiven. That, God, a new beginning can take place in their life. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Now this morning, before we do the announcements and the offering, I want to ask you to watch a a missions video. Because so many times so that we think about giving, but we don't think about grace. But let me tell you, when missionaries go all over the world to preach the good news, that we that are blessed in order to be a blessing can bless them. Watch this video. We are blessed to be a part of the Assemblies of God that is one of the leading missions denominations in all the world. And uh, let me tell you, our church is very, 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 very heavily invested in missions, uh, home missions as well as foreign. I, I don't know if you knew that Bruno and Mavi were not here today. They're ministering. Uh, a pastor had to go back to Brazil for a, a special occasion, so they asked Bruno Mavi to actually be the guest speaker this this morning. So they called and said, Pastor, are you sure? I said, oh, it's like giving me a gift to hear one of our people are ministering in another church. As well as you know, Daniel and Giselle that are missionaries in, uh, uh, they're coming to America to be missionaries, but they're missionaries in uh, Brazil. And uh, just recently, uh, Lisa showed me a video of Daniel being asked to speak or and to play worship in a church, and the pastor not really knowing Daniel and Giselle as good as we do, said, really, you only have this amount of time. And I know how that works, you know. You got this amount of time. And after Daniel and Giselle were ministering in worship, the, the Spirit of God fell on the place, and just, I mean, just, wow. And so he looks down at the pastor, and the pastor goes, keep going, keep going. And uh, so, so just being invested in missions, even local missions, what we know is what we've done as a church, instead of choosing to build our next sanctuary, we've, we've built a coffee shop. Totally, totally uh, not normal. And all you have to do is uh, tell the story to somebody that comes in the coffee shop and they go, wait just a minute. 
the church invested to be able to do this for the community? Now, again, as this year comes to an end and as next year starts, we're going to unveil a lot of things. But we know, and I hope you realize, that when we talk about giving grace, somebody doesn't care. Anybody doesn't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So how do you build a relationship with the community that just sees you as a church? See, they they say, you know, I don't know what you are, but I'm not that. Because they've never come, they've never experienced. They've only experienced through what other people have told them about church in general. Think about that. If the enemy is keeping people away just by what is spoken over the church, and we're going, well, that's kind of what we are. No. What this church has done is we've got now, we pushed back and built a coffee shop where people come every day, except Sundays. They, they come to that coffee shop. They're not coming to hear a sermon. Can I say it again? I know that they're not coming. Well, pastor, I don't know how that works. We're a church. We heard a story today that was like, what? How in the world could that be? On grace. As we begin to build a relationship with our community, we will begin to tell them the good news that will change their life. What? For eternity. Well, Pastor, I didn't I didn't build any of the coffee shop. I don't even like coffee. Here's what I ask you to do. Give a million dollars. If you can't give a million, then give what you can. Because as we see those buildings begin to be used of the glory of God, you watch. What our paradigm says, how church works, and we're saying, this is the only way you're going to work, God. But when God says, you allow me to work through you, all of a sudden we become trendsetters. We become people that other people look at and they go, you know what? When we follow God, we look a lot better than when we don't. So I'm going to ask you, as you know that we support missions around the world, I'm going to ask you to support the mission here at the chapel and open your eyes, become curious, inch in, kind of like Zacchaeus, and watch what God does through a church that meets on Sunday morning, 1030 on Golden Triangle. Let's pray. Father, today you're a good God. And God, we know that you're a good God. And the song says we sing and we dance and we shout. Woo! But God, we know you as a personal Lord and Savior of our life. God, we thank you. And as you have been generous to us, God, we're encouraged to give back. Not only in our giving, but also in our giving of grace. And we thank you for the grace that's given us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning as the ushers serve you, I want to remind you that what a wonderful season. Next Sunday uh, is our, ready? Family Christmas at the chapel. Uh, I'll preach the final message of this series. Also, we'll have uh, the children involved in some of the singing. and, And it'll just be a wonderful day. And then that evening will be our annual Christmas party. Usually we've just done the adults at a country club or the golf course and had a wonderful time. 
But this year, we're going to have it right here so that our children can be involved in the, the actual uh, Christmas time and also our youth group. Uh, the youth group hasn't been invited in the past, but they're invited this year. And uh, so they're excited about that. We're all going to just have a time together that evening as well as uh, uh, have a, a catered meal. So if you have signed up, great for you. We need your money so that we can uh, make reservations for that. So on the back, you can sign up. And we want to encourage you. I know that the hardest part of anything is the first step out the door. If you make yourself available, relationships will be built. And through the relationships, memories are created. And it doesn't matter if you have another new this, this, or this. It's our relationships that will matter through our life. Amen? There's a lot of other events that uh, are mentioned in the uh, on our Facebook group as well as in the back. Ladies have a party and different things that are happening. But I want you to remember next Sunday is a special day in the church. We ask that you uh, come and bring your whole family. Why don't you stand and let's pray one more time a blessing on your life. How many people believe that this could be the best year of your life? Some of you didn't raise your hand and go, nah. Well, I'm going to pray and you believe with me. God, today, God, you make a way where there seems to be no way. And some of us at the end of the year are going, God, I don't see a way. But God, you can make a way where there seems to be no way. And a path where there seems to be no path. Father, I pray that as we come through this year and into next year, that God, that we look back and we say, you're the one that have brought us through. God, now as we leave, I pray blessings on my friends. That God, as they leave, that they would see the blessing of the Lord right now in their life. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming to the chapel today.